Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics here in Virtual Legality. That's right, it's Twitch and the failures of their messaging. In case you didn't see it yesterday, November 11th, 2020, Twitch put out this only mildly condescending blog post entitled Music-Related Copyright Claims and Twitch. And if you haven't been following any of this story over the past couple of months, I did a video earlier prompted by a tweet from Devin Nash, a prominent streamer that said, it is insane that Twitch informs partners they deleted their content and that there is more content in violation despite having no identification system to find out what it is. And he put up the email or post that he received on these questions from Twitch. And I did a video commenting on how condescending it was. In consideration of the fact that we didn't give you any notification or give you the ability to seek a retraction from the rights holders, we are processing these notifications and issuing you only a one-time warning due to our beneficence at the Twitch platform. And I did a video that you can check out on this channel called Understanding DMCA Takedowns because one of the things that keep coming up is why Twitch or YouTube or Facebook or whoever don't really necessarily follow the counter notification process that they say they will in every instance, and that's because they don't actually have independent liability for the problems that might be caused by their taking something down early. So the way the DMCA is structured, and we'll talk about that a little bit as part of this video, is that rights holders, the big ones, the big corporate ones, can go and they can issue a notification. There isn't a lot preventing them from issuing a notification that maybe isn't 100% accurate, And then when you go to ask Twitch or whoever to put it back up, Twitch probably does because they're interested in getting your business and having a platform, but they don't have to. And there's really no legal ramifications to that because their terms of service say, hey, if we don't put something back up or if we take something of yours down, we are fully within our rights to do that. So I did a video on that and I talked uh, about this uh, with Devin Nash briefly on Twitter, but now we have a little bit more because this has accelerated. This didn't stop last month. This has kept up. And a lot of people DM'd me, sent me messages. I will say I got a lot of tips on this post and about other videos that had happened over the previous week, including another one from Devin Nash, where he referenced some of my work. And I always thank him for that. But if you mention something to me in direct messaging, I don't bring you up here. I don't want to publicize anybody that communicates in that way. If you'd like a hat tip, I'm more than happy to give it. Just make that clear if you are giving me uh, one of these flagged stories in direct message in the future. But let's dive in. Mostly what we're going to do in this video is we're going to read through this post. We're going to identify the problems about what Twitch says here and the problems that the Twitch actual users, the streamers, will have going forward. As you can see in the thumbnail to this video, I think Twitch is in a fair amount of trouble here because the music industry has decided to target their company, what they do, and I don't really see an easy way out for Twitch in very many respects. And of course, as we've talked about in this space in virtual legality, that could easily extend to the video game industry if and when one or more of the publishers or developers just decided that they didn't like what was going on with respect to streams. Twitch has always operated in an intellectual property gray area They just allowed their streamers to take on all the risk. And so it's no surprise as we go through this comment that that is exactly what they are continuing to do. So they first start out, creators, we hear you. Your frustration, completely justified. 
This post is going to outline our next steps, and moving forward, we'll be more transparent because we understand none of you like that condescending email or being told that you had to delete everything associated with your channel within three days. Our bad. Sorry about that. We'll do our best to keep the legalese to a minimum here, but we've got to explain copyright law in the DMCA to you. Now, I don't give legal advice on this channel. I don't give it on Twitter. One of the pieces of advice that I might give to someone is don't go out there and be a lawyer. Twitch is really skirting the line with both this and the Frequently Asked Questions document, which we're going to look at briefly, in terms of giving something like legal advice to their streamers. And if you are a streamer, the one thing I would say, you take nothing else away from this video, take this. Don't take legal advice from someone that has a conflict of interest with you. And what do I mean by that? I mean that Twitch is first and foremost interested in protecting itself. This isn't to disparage Twitch. This is how every entity and really every individual operates. That's why there are ethical rules regarding who I can represent. I can't represent two sides of the same negotiation. I can't represent on one side of a litigation, one party, the defendant, and also the plaintiff. I can't do that because the legal profession looks at it and says, that's a conflict of interest. That's how bad things happen because you have to have both sides of the table. Twitch is interested in having more and more and more people use their platform and not so interested in making sure that any given individual streamer isn't potentially burned by the music industry or the video game industry or the movie industry or anyone else. They just want to make sure their platform survives. That's where their money is. And so when you get a document like this, the best advice I can give is seek your own counsel. I know we're expensive. The law is expensive. And that's not entirely fair. That's one of the reasons why I have virtual legality is to at least educate and inform, hopefully in an entertaining way, so that you know when to go get your own lawyer and you know when to go ask a lawyer questions like these. But when you read a post like this, it really is skirting the line and we'll see why. First off, a quick review of what the DMCA actually is. Yes, Twitch, please. The Digital Millennium Copyright Act, DMCA, is a set of U.S. laws that allows you to create and share content on digital service providers like Twitch. Wrong. Completely, 100% wrong. That isn't what the DMCA does at all. That's not even what the DMCA pretends to do. We don't even have to go any further than just the original 1998 summary of the act from the U.S. Copyright Office to see what we're interested in, Title II is regarding creating limitations on liability for online service providers for copyright infringement when engaging in certain types of activities. What does the DMCA do? It doesn't provide obligations. It doesn't pr promote specific legal penalties. What it does is it creates safe harbors. When you go and you look at a DMCA provision on this topic, and yes, if there are lawyers listening to this, there are other components of the DMCA that do matter. We've talked about a few of them, particularly around circumvention of technological measures before here in virtual legality. But when we talk about copyright, the DMCA and places like Twitch, we are concerned with these safe harbors. A service provider, Twitch, shall not be liable for infringement if, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They act on a notice, all the things we are used to from the DMCA, and they won't be liable for putting it back up if they get a proper counter notice, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But... The DMCA does not provide for legal obligations in and of themselves. And I said this in the earlier video, I will say it again. When you start to think about what Twitch is telling you, what YouTube might be telling you, what Facebook is telling you, and I've talked about these issues over and over again from a big tech perspective in virtual legality because they are always and forever inclined to defend their own platforms and then maybe use some ambiguous language about what the law actually requires. Last year, 
in a time when this channel got popular in November and December, it was about COPPA and whether or not YouTube actually had to do X, Y, or Z, or whether the channel users had to do something on behalf of COPPA and having that fight and various aspects of the U.S. government rattling various sabers to threaten YouTubers. And I got a number of people that commented on that. This is very similar to that concept here in Twitch and streaming land, where Twitch is trying to tell you that they have these obligations under the DMCA. We comply with the DMCA and similar laws worldwide. Now, I'm a corporate lawyer. It is a good idea for the Twitches and YouTubes and Facebooks of the world to actually go through the counter notice and initial notice process to take things down, put things back up, because it absolves them of liability for potential infringement. I have no issue with Twitch actually having that as their behavioral baseline. And in fact, they actually articulate this correctly in various spots. Just skipping ahead to the fact a little bit, it is our policy to act on notifications under the DMCA. It is our policy to terminate accounts of repeat infringers, et cetera, et cetera. Why is it our policy? Because it's good business. We don't want liability. But it doesn't set forth the framework on which you are allowed to create and share content. That's not what happens at all. The DMCA doesn't care about that. The Copyright Act cares about the fact that when you get a copyright on something you've created, you are the exclusive rights holder to that information, to that material. And you, if you are going to use it in some way, have to find some way to use it under fair use or under a license. That is how copyright interacts. The DMCA just says Twitch isn't liable if it takes it down when someone accuses it of being infringing. That has nothing to do with you on a realistic basis. So they like to quote unquote comply with these laws. DMCA takedown notifications can affect your ability to stream because we, as part of our efforts to, there's that word again, comply with the DMCA and similar global laws, issue and track copyright strikes and ban the accounts of those who repeatedly infringe the copyrights of others. Now, I, I highlighted that because this is a secondary important item that I have covered in virtual legality before, but that I don't think a lot of people have fully taken into account. When they say repeatedly infringe, when the DMCA itself says that these platforms have to have some kind of policy around who repeatedly infringes on the copyrights of others, you would be correct to believe that that meant that you were actually infringing on something. But the Copyright Office, and indeed Twitch and YouTube and everybody else, believe that it actually just means that you have been accused of that. This is from a 250-page report that the Copyright Office put out earlier this year. You can check out a video on this report at length in this space in virtual legality. But what's important about this discussion is the following. While any interpretation of Section 512I, the section in the DMCA that says you have to do bad things to repeat infringers, must give OSPs, that's your Twitches and YouTubes of the world, some discretion to define repeat infringer in a manner that makes sense given their service and user base, any definition must be consistent with the statutory criteria that repeat infringer means repeat alleged infringer, not repeat adjudicated infringer. They're trying to say you don't have to go to court and prove that they infringed, but they're also baking in that you don't even have to have infringed, right? If you follow the news, if you've done anything in your life that has gotten you in a wrongful detention or otherwise, you know that simply having allegations placed against you doesn't mean that you did that thing. People can be wrongly accused. People can just make mistakes. It doesn't have to be nefarious. And what the Copyright Office says is if you get multiple allegations of infringement, then under the law as they read it, and I don't think it's a proper reading, and the Copyright Office is not the final arbiter of this, but they are a significant one, 
that you should be punished, that you should be cut off, that three strikes means that you got three people yelling at you, not that you actually infringed three times. And so when you come back to references from places like Twitch that say we need to ban the accounts of those who repeatedly infringe the copyrights of others, understand that if Twitch truly wants to defend itself from liability, wants to follow what the Copyright Office says, and presumably what some courts will wind up saying, and there might be a fight amongst the courts about this, there certainly is already, that they have to punish people that are alleged to infringe. And when you start talking about a set of circumstances like the ones that Twitch is about to describe, where the music industry just descends upon their platform, you are gonna have a ton of allegations of infringement. And what happens from there? Who knows? But Twitch might not take the proper steps without massive bans. Twitch might not do anything to assuage the music industry on this score. They're trying to sell their own soundtrack product, which will be a part of this discussion as well. But there is very real danger that the entire Twitch model is very problematically managed from the top down right now, which is why I wanted to make this video. Everything I read in this post, and we will continue from here, suggests that they are worried about their own liability, but not so concerned about whether or not any given individual will survive this kind of action. And things are going to get worse before they get better. As a company that is built around a community of people who create content, we take allegations of copyright infringement seriously. And I highlighted that because Twitch has never done that. Twitch has always operated with a kind of wink and a nod that, oh yeah, you're streaming this music, you're just like a radio. Maybe we could have some DJs on here. Doesn't matter, grow the channel, grow the channel, we'll worry about it later. Recent DMCA notifications, and I found this history fascinating. How did we get to this moment? Until May of this year, streamers received fewer than 50 music-related DMCA notifications each year on Twitch. The interesting part about that line is that even with that few of a number, if it's coming into Twitch, Twitch should start to become aware of what behaviors and activities its own platform users are starting to do or have continued to do that are clearly infringing. We've talked in virtual legality uh, on the YouTube side of things about reacts channels that just essentially play an episode of anime or a sitcom and just say, wow, ha ha ha, or whatever it is that they feel is adding to the experience and how that is probably not fair use under the copyright laws. But YouTube isn't doing much about it because those owners aren't necessarily reporting things to YouTube. It's very similar on the Twitch side of things. People have been playing music on Twitch for as long as I'd known that it exists and they didn't care until the music holders cared. And we're gonna come back to video games on this because there's a nice analogy to what is happening on the baseline level. Twitch, of course, is for the streaming of video games, or at least it was when it started. And if you can't stream video games, you've got even bigger problems than just what we're talking about today. Beginning in May, however, representatives for the major record labels started sending thousands of DMCA notifications each week that targeted creators' archives, mostly for snippets of tracks in years-old clips. We continue to receive large batches of notifications and we don't expect that to slow down. I would expect it to accelerate. This means two things. If you play recorded music on your stream, you need to stop doing that. Now they use the phrase recorded music in a number of places, which I find funny. One of the things that happens when you play a video game is that the music in that video game is not being performed by a tiny little orchestra in your Xbox or your PlayStation 5. It is recorded and you are playing it on your stream. They don't mean that, I don't think. They mean items of music that are entirely separate from your video game experience. You're playing Tetris and you're playing radio broadcasts or your favorite CD. But 
it's worth noting that there isn't a necessarily a reason to distinguish between those two points, and that's something we'll get to later in this video as well. If you haven't already, you should review your historical VODs and clips that may have music in them and delete any archives that might. So while we continue to remove content targeted by these notifications as required by the DMCA, remember, the DMCA requires nothing. Everything Twitch does to quote-unquote comply with the DMCA is for Twitch's benefit and Twitch's benefit alone. You didn't get any extra rights from the DMCA. You maybe didn't get that right to put forth that copyrighted material as you might have hoped to have done, but Twitch doing these various things under the DMCA is to protect Twitch and no one else. Therefore, we also pause the processing of strikes associated with these batch notifications in order to give you the tools, information, and time that you would need to deal with them. We paused on all this because they were coming too fast and furious and we didn't actually want to kill the entire channel. We've analyzed the notifications and we found that more than 99% were for tracks that streamers were playing in the background of their stream. So what the music industry appears to have done is that they have seen that it was a common practice on Twitch to essentially play whatever it is you're playing because Fortnite, for instance, doesn't really have a soundtrack that's very compelling. So you put on whatever music that you want to play Fortnite to because you're going to play it for 50 hours in order to build a Twitch following. And the music industry objected because that was essentially like listening to music on the radio, sure, but they have licenses for that. And you didn't pay somebody somewhere for the rights to that music and the music industry is not the video game industry and they care a little bit more about license violations. The point of the DMCA is to strike a balance between the interests of right holders and creators. Because of this, we were compelled to delete the VODs and clips, compelled to save their own butts. This showed our commitment to upholding our obligations under the DMCA, which are non-existent, while affording us the opportunity to sort out the best way to handle issuing strikes in these circumstances. Compelled, obligations, requirements. Look, again, I agree that if I'm general counsel for Twitch, I'm saying we have to do these things, but I want clarity of communication. Twitch should go out there and say, we weren't doing things correctly these past few years. And they say that a little bit later on in this post, but not that we are compelled or that we're obligated or that we're required to do these things, but that we are going to do these things because we don't want to spend the money licensing the music, negotiating a license, negotiating an amnesty for our platform users that have built this company to the size that it has grown to. We don't want to do those things. So just get out of here and have a mass delete tool. I am not saying, again, I'm an evil corporate lawyer that I would necessarily handle it on the ground differently, but I certainly wouldn't communicate this way. And if you are a Twitch streamer, you deserve honesty in communications first and foremost, and Twitch is not delivering that to you, nor have they in the past month or seemingly in the past year. Under these extraordinary circumstances, we recognized creators should have a reasonable chance to understand that content created in the past was being targeted as allegedly infringing and be given an opportunity to change their approach to music use before they got hit with strikes. So they're going to try to thread this needle by not responding entirely on a strike basis to all this stuff. It wouldn't surprise me if one or more of the music titans says, hey, though, no, no, no. If you want protection from liability, the DMCA says you have to cut off people that have multiple alleged infringements, and we submitted 25 against that guy, so do your duty. It's going to get more difficult for Twitch before it gets any better at all. Then they do some apologizing. We hear your feedback about how frustratingly little information we provided. 
One of the mistakes we made was not building adequate tools to allow you to manage your VOD and clip libraries. We could have developed more sophisticated user-friendly tools a while ago. That we didn't is on us. And we could have provided creators with a longer time period to address their libraries. Hey, that was a miss as well. Sorry, bud, my bad. We're truly sorry for these mistakes and we'll do better, which I would ordinarily say objection, facts, not in evidence. Twitch has not indicated throughout its history that they intend to grapple with these issues on an actual basis, actually making sure that various content holders get what they need in terms of licensing and that their platform isn't infringing rights of content creators all over the place. But hey, my hope is that they get better. They're saying that they will. I just think that the use of language in this blog post and the condescending quality of all of their communications in the past month, as well as some issues that I have with soundtrack that we will see in a second, indicate that that probably won't be the end result. One important question we've heard from you is, how can I stream safely and confidently on Twitch without having to worry about getting DMCA notifications for music use? Well, most importantly, don't play recorded music in your stream unless you own all rights in the music or you have the permission of the necessary rights holders. Now, we will see a little bit further on, or we might not highlight it, the you have the permission of the necessary rights holders probably doesn't protect you from these giant platforms processes. If I were hired by you to go negotiate a license and we made sure that we had everything we needed, mechanical license, performance licenses, sync licenses, all the good stuff for music, and we got all those licenses in place, you had them in your hand, that robot, that algorithm, probably still going to tag you because you don't have a way to easily put a box in a check mark that says, I actually went and paid to have this particular song in my stream. And because the platforms err on the side of caution, err on the side of not engaging in liability, it doesn't matter. They don't have a functional way of handling it. We will see that you can ask the question of them in their fact and say, hey, I licensed this. What's the deal, Twitch? They say, hey, you should, you should put forth a counter notification. We're not in the business of deciding who's right and who's wrong. And that's just no way to run a railroad. While we haven't received more than a handful of DMCA notifications targeting in-game music, if you're playing games with recorded music in them, we recommend you review their end-user license agreements, that wall of text at the beginning of a game, to see how the terms cover streaming with that music. One way to do this is to search for a game's official EULA online and then do a Control-F search for words like stream, licensed, and music to point you toward the correct section. Heaven forbid they use perform or distribute or display, you're gonna be screwed. If you're unsure about the rights, some games allow you to turn off music when streaming, or you can mute the game audio yourself. If neither of those apply, consider turning off VODs and clips. Now, this is a very interesting set of paragraphs, right? So what we've got here is a couple of things. First, they say, hey, go check out that EULA and turn everything off if you can't figure it out, which we saw repeated in a couple of places by Twitch support themselves yesterday. Hey there, thanks for reaching out. We recommend reading through any game's end-user license agreement and utilizing any option to turn music off if the game includes that option or mute the game audio. Now, this is completely ridiculous in and of itself. A lot of games rely on their music, and we've talked in this space in virtual legality about the fact that really developers and publishers should be negotiating for the rights that they get to their music, whether from a composer or from a recording artist or otherwise, to be streamed. Because it's clear that the developers and publishers in general love streaming, love it as a marketing device. They just don't want to pay for that license. And like Twitch, 
They don't care about the fact that you, streamer, are the one in trouble if you don't have the right licenses at your command. But it gets worse, right? They say, okay, go check out your end user license agreement. So I just pulled up a random one. Here's Ubisoft, legal documentation. We can see they've got their terms of use, which we've covered in virtual legality, and also a form end user license agreement. So we go and we look at their end user license agreement and say, all right, Twitch told me I got to make sure. How do I make sure? Okay. Ubisoft grants me a non-exclusive, non-transferable, non-sublicensed, non-commercial and personal license to install and or use the product. But I must in no event use nor allow others to use the product or the license for commercial purposes without obtaining a license to do so from Ubisoft. Wait a minute. Uh Uh-oh. I get money from Twitch. I get bits from Twitch. Maybe I put it up on YouTube. I only have a license to a non-transferable, non-commercial personal use I can only play Assassin's Creed Valhalla on my Xbox. Now, we know that Ubisoft and the other publishers pretty significantly encourage things like streaming and sharing of user-generated content and information, and yet the end-user license agreement for video games says nothing about even being allowed to stream the game itself on Twitch. You shall not distribute the product or its parts commercially. You shall not export or re-export this product or any copy or adaptation in violation of applicable laws or regulations. Don't send it to any foreign jurisdiction or you might get in trouble. This product may contain certain licensed materials like recorded music. And in that event, Ubisoft's licensors may protect their rights in the event of any violation of this agreement. Any reproduction or representation of these licensed materials in any way and for any reason is prohibited without Ubisoft's prior permission, and if applicable, Ubisoft's licensors and its representatives. This is the fundamental failing of the video game industry and software licenses as they exist today. Twitch just told you to go read the EULA to find out whether or not you had rights to the music in Watch Dogs Legion. Do you know any better reading this paragraph, even if I read it with you, even if I highlight specific sentences? No, because Ubisoft doesn't tell you. Ubisoft says, hey, this product may contain certain stuff. And if you reproduce that certain stuff that we didn't identify, you could get in real trouble. And you need not only our permission, but also the permission of the people that licensed out the music. Good luck to you. And by the way, we didn't even license you the right to stream the video game in the first place. Right. Go check out that end user license agreement and search for words like stream licensed and music. Godspeed to you. And then what's the last piece of advice? What makes this paragraph really interesting to the lawyer and me? Well, if neither of those apply, just turn off your videos on demand and clips. Well, if we can't actually get you the rights that you need, if you can't get the rights that you need, just hide the evidence. Don't record the thing because it's unlikely that they're going to see your stream while it's ephemeral, while it's just in space for an hour or two or five or 10, depending on what kind of Twitch streamer you are. But just turn off the ability to save this thing because we don't want the dirty evidence around. This is no way for a corporation that is predicated on using other people's materials to behave. And yet, that is exactly what we see in terms of their behavior. For your stream archives, your recordings, your VODs, and your clips, right now, your only options, if you think they contain unauthorized music, is to either go through them one by one or for clips, use the delete all tool we have provided. As we will see, though, that may or may not work. Again, Devin Nash, streamers are still being DMCA'd for clips and VODs they deleted. Why? They're still on Twitch's server, even if you deleted them. Below are my deleted clips. Yet here's one they stored from 2016. We deleted our entire legacy and Twitch still didn't protect us. 
And if this is true, and again, I can't get to everywhere on the internet. If you've got more information, leave a comment to this video. If this is true that people are getting DMCA'd for what amounts to videos that Twitch is keeping on a publicly accessible server, even after they have a deleted status, think of it like your recycle box before you do a hard delete on your computer, then Devin is right. When we talk about copyright infringement and you have done everything in your power to get rid of something that you didn't know was infringing, but that has now been told to you to be infringing, and you are nonetheless getting DMCA strikes because Twitch doesn't care, there is something fundamentally broken in that system. And Twitch is the one responsible for any infringement, and they're giving you the strikes to try to get out of that liability under the DMCA, but not only is it fundamentally unfair, I would argue you probably have some kind of legal defense. If it came up that somebody wanted to sue you for copyright infringement about a piece of material that you deleted from the platform in the same manner that you put it up in, then I would say it's the platform's problem much more than it is yours. But nobody wants to spend the money and go through the time and get to the end state of a trial and have these music companies with billions of dollars breathing down your neck and this is the position that Twitch has put its platform streamers in. And I got to be honest, I don't know how you interact with this company in the same way after all of this happens. And maybe they'll get through this just fine. I like watching people play video games. But what I like more is people having specific black letter rights in the contracts that these developers and publishers and music companies give them so that they know that this marketing service they are providing to basically all of these industry participants is something they can feel safe about doing. And that just simply isn't happening. Twitch goes on to talk about the new products and tools they're planning. First, you don't have enough control over the recorded content on your channel. We want to expand the use of technology to detect copyrighted audio, which if you are on YouTube, you know is not necessarily a panacea because they are going to identify each and every tiny little thing that could potentially be uploaded, whether or not it's fair use, whether or not you have the right to use it, and that's going to create its own problems on Twitch and certainly has already on other streaming platforms. Second, we'll make it easier for you to control what audio from your live streams will show up in your recorded content. Soundtrack by Twitch has some of this technology built into it, and we'll work to make it available for everyone, regardless of whether you want to use Soundtrack, for which we've cleared all necessary rights, or music from others that provide rights-cleared music. As I understand it, Soundtrack basically allows you to put a separate audio feed in something that is uploaded to Twitch, and it will show during the stream, and it won't show during the recording. We're going to talk about why that might be a problem in and of itself. Third, we need to give you the ability to actually review your allegedly infringing content when you receive a DMCA notification, you think? In addition to the details already provided in our takedown notifications, that is, information about what copyrighted work was allegedly infringed, who the claimant is, and how the claimant can be contacted. We also need to help you more easily file counter notifications if you believe you have the rights to use the content. For example, because you've secured a license. Now understand, if somebody has licensed out the rights to music to you and files a DMCA takedown or strike against you anyway, then that is not the way the DMCA is supposed to work. You should have broader rights than simply filing a counter notice. You should be able to show Twitch and say, this infringement is absolutely flatly ridiculous. Twitch is instead taking this quote unquote neutral position that they aren't going to evaluate any claims ever and so they aren't going to defend you from what may well be very problematic DMCA takedown notifications. And if you've been on YouTube, which is where I 
make my home here on the internet, then you know that DMCA abuse is a very real thing. We did a series of 15 some odd videos about Sony taking down every reference to The Last of Us Part Two leaks, whether or not they incorporated cutscenes or other leaked materials, just talking about the narrative elements of that particular game and how that's clearly not a copyright infringement violation, but they couldn't do anything against Sony, not only because it would just cost too much money, but because you go through the counter notification process, it takes 10 days, Sony gets the time period they want, they just drop the claim, and then Sony could potentially do it again in the future. It isn't a system that works, and if you believe that the DMCA can be abused, then these platforms really need to start stepping up for what the value of their actual infrastructure is, the people that make the content on their service. Some of you have asked why we don't have a license covering any and all uses of recorded music. Now, note the straw man there, right? Normal people don't ask, hey, Twitch, why don't you have a license covering any and all uses of all music in the history of mankind? And Twitch says, well, that would just be too hard. We couldn't get any and all uses of recorded music. No, most people say, Twitch, why don't you negotiate with developers and publishers to make sure that there's a clearance aspect, a whitelist, some kind of indemnification protection for the people that want to stream the hottest video games, that want to stream something like Among Us that maybe doesn't actually have the right streaming licenses to actually become the 100% crowd pleaser that it has become in the past few months. Maybe Twitch, you could help out with that process, but no, they answer a different question. Why aren't we licensing all music ever created by the hands of man? We are actively speaking with the major record labels about potential approaches to additional licenses that would be appropriate. That said, the current constructs for licenses that the record labels have with other services make less sense for Twitch. The vast majority of our creators don't even use recorded music as a part of their streams, and the revenue implications to the creators of such a deal are substantial. In the meantime, we are focused on building tools to better help you manage your VODs and clips. Now, why are they doing that? Because they say the following. So there's no confusion to music creators. We pay public performance licenses in order for you to perform music live to your communities. You should avoid using pre-recorded music and disable VODs and clips unless you have the rights to the music and compositions. They have the right under the license to publicly perform the, you know, the, the, the man with the ukulele actually singing the song in various respects, that kind of thing but they don't necessarily have other rights. And that's where I want to bring you up to speed on soundtrack and most specifically a Rolling Stone article that was written about it that really complains about it. So first we have a paragraph here. Now I'm going to give a disclaimer. I'm a software tech mergers and acquisitions contract commercial transactional lawyer. I am not a music intellectual property licensor. I highly recommend that you go and you find somebody that specializes in music copyright because this is one of the more confusing areas of the law. But Rolling Stone does what I think is a pretty decent job of summarizing the situation in this paragraph to come. At issue, they're talking about soundtrack now, is why Twitch has only secured licenses for live streams and not recorded video. Quick licensing lesson. To make a song stream safe, a platform has to secure master recorded rights and publishing rights, usually from record labels and publishers, and mechanical licenses to release the music. These are the requirements for any music streaming service. Additionally, parties that want to use music in a public setting, like in a cafe, have to get a public performance license. Lastly, if music is used in a video setting, such as an advertisement film or recorded live stream, note the recorded there, the party responsible needs to pay for a synchronization license. Industry figures allege that Twitch has not taken out sync licenses, the most expensive of the bunch, 
and most revenue generating for musicians. That multiple sources say both publicly and a Rolling Stone is why soundtrack has such a limited scope. Then we get to a quote from Noah Downs, a lawyer at Morrison Rothman LLP who works in the gaming industry and serves as general counsel for Pretzel Rocks. Now, as we talk about, this is good that it's not anonymous, but when you read articles, especially here in virtual legality, but just also on your own, you always have to take into account what people's tilts are. So Noah Downs here is general counsel for a company that wants to help put music on streaming services and is negotiating licenses. They are a competitor to Soundtrack and specifically to Twitch Soundtrack on this particular question. So it's no surprise he comes out negatively, but he makes some good points. He says, the idea that playing music during a live stream does not require a sync license is wrong. It's a bad interpretation of copyright law. It's one that quite frankly reeks of desperation to solve the music problem because the music is definitely synchronized in timed relation with images and video. Twitch soundtrack is a workaround that isn't designed or meant to pay artists and it doesn't fully protect the creators. It's an attempt to protect Twitch. So what they've got with this soundtrack product, which they're pushing in this post and elsewhere, is that they are trying to use these various little bits of copyright law to get around what is the fundamental issue, which is if you put music in your stream, chances are somebody in that line, Twitch, you, maybe the video game publisher, whoever it might be, owes the music creator money of some kind. And that goes for public performance licenses too, in general. You collect what the performances are, you pay various amounts of money to the public performance licensor, and they get out to the copyright holders. Twitch says, no, we got public performance licenses, just don't use recorded music, and don't use video on demand and clips, and you'll be fine. Now again, don't take legal advice from a company that has interests in conflict with your own, but also don't take legal advice from a company that clearly didn't know what it was doing, or more dramatically, was hiding the ball about what it was doing for such a long time that all of its streamers wound up getting an absolute hammer thrown at them with very little time to react. You need to stay educated. We urge you to keep learning about copyrights, hopefully in places like virtual legality. And maybe I'll be on some famous streamers' streams before you know it. Who, who could say? And please do keep learning about copyright because this stuff is important. But also understand how the Twitches of the world really aren't helping you answer your own questions, right? We've got a Twitch creator camp here. Learn the basics. It's our policy to comply with the DMCA. To put it simply, if you do not have the rights to use a copyrighted work, you should not use it in your stream. And if you are not sure if you have the rights, you probably don't. Now, in all honesty, that's pretty good back of the envelope advice. If you are not sure if you have the rights, you probably don't. So I would ask everybody watching this video, or if you're sharing it around to somebody, ask them this question when you share it. Do you have the rights to stream that video game? Do you have the rights to stream Assassin's Creed Valhalla? Do you have the rights to stream Among Us? Do you have the rights to do any and all other things that make Twitch the money that made it valuable to Amazon in the first place? If you are not sure if you have the rights, Twitch says you probably don't. And I would tend to agree. And this is one of those areas where I think the Twitches of the world, the YouTubes of the world, formerly the mixers of the world, could really assert some pressure to say, we need to sort all of this out because you've got this giant industry built on a house of cards. And you can see how that house of cards can be taken down, writ large with a music industry that doesn't think like the video game industry and decides to just bring down all the weapons on a place like Twitch. And nothing is really stopping them from doing it on other platforms as well. If you are not sure if you have the rights, you probably don't. How to manage the recorded content on your, on your channel. 
It includes music, art, sculptures, other people's videos, and any other copyrighted material. Since 2014, we've used a technology service called Audible Magic to proactively scan your videos on demand. If Audible Magic detects copyrighted audio, we automatically mute that portion of the VOD. Again, we talked about this earlier in the video. They automatically mute it without any acknowledgement of whether or not you have a license, which means that you don't have an incentive to get a license, which means the music industry really is cut out and left out in the cold because they might negotiate licenses, especially with the bigger streamers, and those bigger streamers have no ability to actually tell Twitch or Audible Magic that they licensed out the latest top single or whatever else it might be. You can guard against receiving DMCA takedown notifications for content stored on your channel by reviewing all of the content in your creator dashboard and removing any content in question. Now that question remains, is that actually true? Does Twitch actually have a publicly available server that they keep the deleted information on? Because if that's the case, then even deletion doesn't necessarily get you where you want to go. And at bare minimum, if you don't want to fight about the rest of this stuff in this video, if this is in fact the case, you need to fight about this stuff with Twitch. Twitch can't be keeping that stuff public because that actually does harm you. If that's going to come out DMCA strikes against you, potentially infringement action based on something that's entirely outside your control, Twitch can fix that. And it should fix that as soon as possible. How to permissibly use music on your channel. Well, we know that many of you use music in your streams for a variety of purposes. In an effort to keep your stream sounding great without putting your channel at risk, we developed a new tool that's free for all Twitch creators, Soundtrack by Twitch. Soundtrack provides a library of music that is licensed for your use in stream and that doesn't transfer to your clips or VODs. We think we solved this issue because you don't need to sync to that video. We just won't play it on a recording and everything will be fine. Now, the question is, will it be fine? And I will tell you right now, copyright law, copyright jurisprudence, the court cases, the common law, they don't have a good answer for that. Twitch thinks they're fine. Twitch has a lot of high-paid lawyers. It doesn't know whether you'll be fine and don't pretend like this says that they do. They also go forward and say, hey, what if I get all these claims? If I submit a counter notification and it's approved, will that prevent me from getting a DMCA notice for the same song again? It will not. Twitch is not a copyright court and isn't in a position to decide who's right and who's wrong between you and the rights holder. Submitting a counter notification does not prevent a rights holder, even the same rights holder, from submitting a subsequent takedown request for a song included in your channel. So even if you look and you say, hey, this is an old recording, this is absolutely in the common domain, or maybe you say, I got a license to this, or some other reason, I used two seconds of it and I commented on the nature of the music and its fair use, doesn't matter. They can just bring that claim again and again and again. And remember, the real bad part about all this is that technically Twitch has to respond to somebody being an alleged repeat infringer and not an actual repeat infringer. We've got dominoes upon dominoes and a DMCA that really does need to be reformed. Twitch continues on this regard for a number of places, a number of questions. Consider submitting a counter notification if you have a license. You are responsible for ensuring that you have the rights to live stream or store copyrighted material on Twitch, regardless of what that end user license agreement might say. And they just don't offer any of the kind of comfort that you would want to see from somebody actually using a platform like this. So at the end of the day, look, I titled this video, Twitch is in serious trouble. It's not because they're going to go under today. It's not because they're going to go under tomorrow. It's because they need to make significant changes in the way they operate, not only in the way they actually function as a platform, but also in the way that they communicate with the people that are their business model, the people that actually make Twitch money. Because if they lose that, 
if the music industry comes in and just says, hey, you got to ban all these people, they continue to hit people on these things. And Twitch doesn't take either technological or legal measures to protect its users. It's not going to only fail its users. It's going to fail itself. And so I had tip to everybody that brought this up in my DMs. I probably got a dozen to talk about this issue. I'm very happy to continue talking with it. Leave a comment to this video. I will try to answer as many as I can. Of course, no specific legal advice to any given situation, but hopefully you found this educational and informative. Please do let, I think, Devin know. He asked if I would do something on this, and I did. So please let him know that this video is out there. Otherwise, if you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. This is the kind of thing that we do in virtual legality all the time, you know, when, when we're not covering various election lawsuits. I do try to avoid politics, but sometimes it's difficult, especially in 2020. And if you caught this in its podcast form, thank you so much for listening. We love having you over there on the podcast. I've gotten a lot of notes from people that really love to listen to it, formerly on commutes, now on walks and things. And I love to hear that all the time. Please leave comments. I really have enjoyed growing this channel. We're coming up on our second anniversary. And thank you so much, all of you, for joining us. I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.